0: Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Sernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. Welcome back to the podcast. Today with Chris and I, we have a very special guest. He is Professor and chair of radiology at UMass Memorial Healthcare and UMass Medical School. He also happens to be our boss. <laughs> it's uh, our guest is Dr. Max Rosen. Uh, again, chair of radiology. He has been at UMass for eight years now, and uh, we are going to discuss with Dr. Rosen uh, the UMass Radiology Department, um, what makes us special, uh, and why you may want to join us uh, as a trainee or a faculty member. Uh, welcome, Max. Well, thanks
1: uh, very much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I've been a big fan of the podcast, and so it's, it's a special treat to actually be on it.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, and we've been, just so you know, Chris and I have been uh, waiting for this episode, and so we, we have quite a few uh, interesting questions lined up for you. Um, let's let's uh, get right into it. Um, so tell us about our, uh, tell us about the department, what, uh, what, you know, um, what are the sort of, uh, divisions, how, how are we broken down? How are we organized? Uh, what are the clinical research and educational missions of the department? I think some people may not realize how large of a uh, footprint we, we have in radiology. Uh, but I would love for you to describe to us, uh, kind of everything we do in the department sure well i
1: think in a lot of ways the structure of our department mirrors that of other radiology departments but i think how we how we approach the people in the department and the daily organization and operation really sets us apart from many places who you know on the surface might look pretty similar so from a structural point of view we're organized along the traditional body, uh, organ system parts, such as as thoracic, cardiovascular, abdomen, and then with the the specialty divisions mapped on top of that, such as our emergency radiology division, uh, pediatrics division, and then for modality uh, nuclear medicine. And then two interventional radiology groups, our body intervention group, and then i think fairly unique to umass is our large neurointerventional group which is part of the radiology department whereas in many other institutions that's part of neurosurgery i think what sets us apart is that compared to other academic departments we are in that sort of mid-size range we have about 70 clinical radiologists and about 15 to 20 PhD researchers but unlike other departments of our size i think we work very hard to keep the feel of the department very personal and that while we're a fairly large department and we have to be structured to have efficient flow and to run you know to run well we really try to be able to individualize the, the work experience for our residents, fellows, and faculty, so that each person can craft their job in a way that fits
0: their interests uh, and their needs. What about uh, sort of uh, the other things that we do in the department, uh, including let's say the the educational mission or the research mission? I think some people may not be uh, well well versed in how much, you know? for instance, research we do in the department?
1: Sure, well, maybe we start with education. And I think one of the unique educational aspects of our department is in our medical student service line that actually Dr. Cerniglia is in charge of. Uh, at UMass, the anatomy department is actually part of radiology. We call it the division of translational anatomy. So we've been able to present radiology as an integral part of the first year medical school curriculum. Chris runs a basically an imaging lab within the anatomy lab. So students at UMass are exposed to radiology pretty much from from their first day of med school. And I think that's a great opportunity for radiology and radiologists to, uh, you know, get out in front of medical students, make medical students aware of how integral radiology is to really all of medicine. And I think it's helped attract a lot of uh, UMass med students to go into radiology because they see how radiology can be applied to really every aspect of of healthcare. Uh, On the research side, we are also unique in that sort of not too big, not too small range where we have pretty much at least one person doing work in every area of radiology research, but we're still small enough that residents and fellows can easily get involved in whatever aspects of research that they'd like to, to be involved in. Uh, some of our, uh, some of our uh, focus within, within research is really a wonderful translational uh, research operation around stroke. We have a, a 3T research magnet and a full IR suite in the, uh, the first level of the med school. We're actually going to be building a second uh, IR suite, which will be open uh, probably in the spring. And there we do everything from uh, device development to uh, testing uh, new treatments for stroke uh, to training uh, outside, uh, outside providers who come in Uh, to have training on new new devices in our training facility. Uh, And then we're able to carry those inventions and those advances uh, into early stage uh, human clinical trials with our clinical neurointerventional radiology group. Uh, And then we also are very involved in in large-scale multi-site clinical trials uh, or validation studies uh, for neurointerventional uh, devices, uh, along the neurointerventional uh, line, we're also unique in that we work very closely with the Gene Therapy Center at UMass, and UMass' his Gene Therapy Center has developed a gene therapy treatment for Tay And one of our faculty members, uh, Heather Gray Edwards, is a veterinarian and also a PhD in neuroscience, and Heather has flocks of sheep with different neurodegenerative diseases, uh, which are, are used to test um, these early stage gene therapies in large animals. And that's the stage right before they go into human trials uh, with phase one trials. And within tay we're now uh, starting a phase uh, two clinical trial in humans, and that's work which uh, directly came out of our uh, large animal work uh, with Heather in the Gene Therapy Center. Uh, Other areas of strength in our research uh, portfolio are uh, the work that Mike King does around nuclear medicine uh, physics. Uh, Mike is really one of the world experts in motion correction and has several uh, large R01s uh, to develop uh, new techniques uh, in in nuclear medicine imaging, particularly around brain imaging and, and also cardiac imaging. Uh, we also have a, a chemist, Alexei Bogdanov, uh, who develops uh, novel uh, MR contrast agents, and a uh, Mary Ruskowski uh, who has a small animal imaging core with optical probes. Uh, on the IT side, uh, we've been developing a, uh, an AI uh, research lab uh, focused around uh, the use of AI in, in thoracic uh, imaging. We're working with three or four commercial vendors now to test. Uh, various AI uh, products. Uh, And personally, I've been doing uh, some work uh, with uh, Greg Villajaramo, who's a faculty member at Holy Cross, who's a a cognitive uh, psychologist, uh, looking at uh, if you can use eye tracking as a way of understanding why radiologists miss things and trying to improve their performance. Uh, And then we also have a faculty member uh, Fei-Fan Liu, who has a joint appointment with our Population and Quantitative Health Sciences uh, group. Uh, Fei-Fan is uh, an expert in natural language processing. We've been starting to do some work in uh, how NLP can be used uh, to improve uh, the quality of radiology reports. So really a pretty broad, eclectic research portfolio. And I think you know what we tell uh, potential uh, resident uh, applicants is that this is a great place to train because there's something for everybody here and we will make sure that, you know, a resident or a fellow has access to any of these projects and these resources that they'd be interested in.
2: That's great, Max. Um, I think it gave a great kind of overview of um, the the clinical and educational and research missions of of the hospital and highlighted some, some great uh, topics there. Um, I guess, Taking a step back for a moment, um, can you give our, our listeners a little bit of a history of, of UMass radiology, maybe someone who's not familiar with uh, UMass Medical School and, and the department and you know, kind of where we came from and, and how we got where we are now? Sure.
1: Well, the med- UMass Medical School is about 50 years old. And initially, when the med school uh, was started, uh, the state also built uh, university a hospital to you know to be part of an academic medical center campus with the med school, and then I think probably in the late '90s, uh, the state decided that they really shouldn't be in the business of owning a hospital and split University Hospital out as a separate nonprofit academic medical center. And around that time, uh, what was University Hospital? merged with Memorial Hospital, which was a a separate private hospital down the street uh, to form UMass Memorial Medical Center. And then over the years, uh, UMass has acquired several community hospitals so that we now have three community hospitals uh, within our system. Uh, There's Clinton Hospital, uh, Health Alliance Hospital and Marlboro Hospital. And right now, UMass is in talks to potentially acquire uh, a fourth community hospital in central Massachusetts. So we've really gone from being a hospital, you know, integrated with the medical school to a medical school affiliated with an integrated healthcare delivery system, uh, really responsible for the population of central Massachusetts. And I think our catchment area is about a million, 1.1 million people. Uh, within the radiology department, you know, the radiology department has grown Along with the uh, with the healthcare system, I think initially the department was pretty small, and then uh, when Memorial Hospital was integrated in, uh, the department went through some uh, some growing pains uh, during that period. Um, Chris Kandarpa, who uh, was the, the chair um, the the, the non interim chair uh, before me. Um, was a real visionary uh, researcher and built a lot of the basic science uh, research infrastructure that we're benefiting from today uh, that included uh, the 3T uh, research magnet, the uh, interventional uh, suite uh, in conjunction with the 3T magnet, uh, and then some of the uh, the smaller, uh, small animal imaging uh, equipment and facility, which is uh, in the basement of, uh, of the med school. Um, I think my hopefully my role and contribution has been to further grow the department's clinical footprint and help make us an integrated uh, part of an integrated healthcare delivery system. Uh, when I arrived at UMass, I think some of the community uh, footprint for UMass was was fragmented, and over the past few years, we've been able to incorporate. Um, two of the private practice groups that were taking care of our community hospitals uh, into the, you know, the main academic department. We also have a unique relationship with Shields MRI uh, where uh, all of our MRIs are in a joint venture uh, with Shields. And before uh, I think that relationship was a little fragmented and we've been able to really fully integrate that uh, that joint venture into the department, which I think has worked out really nicely uh, for both the joint venture uh, and for our faculty and patients.
2: Yeah, can I, let me just follow up there on the, um, I guess, the integrated care. You mentioned um, how, at least over the last, you know, five, 10 years, how we have a more um, you know, integrated healthcare system and, and getting a lot of community hospitals in the region um, within our, in our department, um, as well as, you know, Shields becoming and more integrated as well. How does that um, help um, obviously on the clinical side, but how does it help even from the extent of you know a resident or a
1: fellow who might be coming and getting
2: experience? How does that improve uh, their overall experience?
1: Um, so I think it improves their experience in a few ways. Probably on the most basic level, uh, it creates a large, a large volume of cases uh, that our residents are exposed to. I think our outpatient imaging center alone uh, does probably twenty five thousand MRs a year. Altogether, the system probably are reading forty or forty or fifty thousand MRIs. So there's an enormous uh, volume uh, and a really diverse case mix that our residents, you know, are are exposed to. I think another unique aspect of this is that our residents have the opportunity to uh, have some training at the SHIELDS freestanding sites where they can spend a week really learning how to scan. Uh, One of uh, the SHIELDS radiologists, Teron Peckett, who is one of our faculty members, is a real master at understanding and teaching how to develop MR sequences and how to apply a sequence to answer a clinical question. So we offer I think a unique rotation of spending a week at a community MRI center, actually, you know, plugging the sequences into the scanner and learning how to run the scanner and how to correlate that with answering the clinical question. Another aspect, which I think is really important for, for resident education is learning how to run outpatient, particularly outpatient magnets efficiently. And I think working you know, with the shields radiologist and the technologists, with our our radiologist, we've been able to develop protocols so that for say eighty percent of things, which are more you know bread and butter, we're able to answer the the question you know uh, efficiently, uh, which helps both the patient and also helps the operational flow of the MR centers. But also it then frees up time for the twenty percent of cases which really need. Uh, Complex uh, sequences and maybe longer scan times to answer um, to answer more difficult clinical questions, and I think that's a perspective that we're able to offer our, our residents in part of their training that people might not be exposed to uh, at other in other
0: departments. Okay, Max. Um, so as the as the chairperson of a of uh, our department, um, when you're uh, looking at uh, future or perspective. Uh, either um, members of our department as trainees or faculty members, what are the sort of skill sets and characteristics of that person that you're most interested in and that you think are, are important uh, when you're assessing uh, people?
1: Sure. I, I think obviously you want people who are well-trained and who are good radiologists. And fortunately, there are a lot of those people out there. I think what I really look for once you get through that basic requirement Uh, is somebody who's a good communicator. Uh, A lot of the problems that come to me that I get called about usually are around communication, where somebody has miscommunicated or been misunderstood uh, or somebody hasn't communicated at all. And so I think having good communication skills is really key to being a good radiologist. You could be the most brilliant radiologist in the world, not be a good communicator and your career is probably going to be, you know, is probably going to be bumpy. Um, and so I really look for people who can communicate well. Part of our resident training has been uh, teaching residents communication skills. Uh, Carolyn de Benedictus has a, a training module uh, which she uses with the residents uh, at two points during their four years, where we run various uh, simulations uh, and then record the residents and their communication skills and then provide uh, feedback so they can, so hopefully they can improve. Uh, we've also uh, run the communication skills training uh, with, with faculty who I think have really benefited from it. Uh, the other thing that I look for, you know, in both residents and faculty is uh, to find what, what people are excited about. Uh, what they get you know what they get pleasure from uh, what makes them tick and also what's going to uh, to keep them happy you know coming to work every day I think we we touched on before you know you can do teleradiology you know from your basement you know if if you want but there has to be a reason that people you know get up every day and drive to drive to a medical center to work and I think part of that is interacting with with colleagues and in, in the department and other clinicians in a collegial way, uh, and also uh, interacting you know, with patients if you're in a patient uh, you know, facing area of radiology. Uh, but also it's the opportunity and the resources that an academic medical center provides for people to, to pursue their other interests. You know, that other 20% that really that people get a lot of uh, satisfaction from, you know, whether that's an education teaching medical students or residents, uh, or doing, you know, clinical research, or doing your own basic research, or being part of a multidisciplinary research team. And it's really understanding what's going to provide joy for for that person, and then making sure that we can provide that opportunity for them so they can thrive.
0: We haven't covered this quite yet, but I just want people also to get a sense of how much actual... Let's talk about just the clinical side, how much growth we've actually had. Just let's say since you've been here, I mean, in terms of our faculty, you know, how many divisions do we have, clinical divisions? And then how many faculty members do we have? And how, how has that changed in your time here? I think pretty much over the past eight years, we've about doubled the size of our faculty from maybe
1: about 35 to 60 65 radiologists now you know and with that has been a doubling of our um of our our radiology volume part of that has been through you know just internal growth and part of that has been from incorporating the uh the community hospitals and a good part of the shields uh joint venture business you know into into the department and then with that we've been able to have faculty you know specialize in really at most two divisions. Most of our faculty are fellowship trained and focus you know, in the division that they are fellowship trained in. We do have a few people who work between two different divisions uh, and that, um, that gives us some flexibility in staffing and also helps meet the needs of individual faculty who might really prefer you know, to practice in, in more than one, uh, more than one area. I think probably the biggest change since I've been here has been the creation of a dedicated ED radiology division. When I first started, uh, the ED division had two uh, two faculty members, um, uh, Dennis Coughlin and, and Hal Lowe, and relied on people rotating from other divisions to you know pick up shifts. And since then, we've now uh, developed a really robust ED radiology group that has uh, or, you know, by the end of this year, uh, we'll have uh, nine uh, full-time faculty. Uh, We have six faculty who cover uh, the shifts between 7 uh, a.m. and then 11 p.m., and then three faculty who cover uh, the overnight shifts. And one of the things when we created the ED radiology division that we were concerned about is that it might adversely affect uh, resident education. You know, in, you know, in the old days, the days of the giants, um, you know, when, um, you know, as a first year resident, you know, after a few months, they, they sent you to the ED and said, okay, you know, you're on nights and, uh, you know, figure it out. If you, if you have a problem, call somebody. Um, in some ways, those were great learning experiences. It was a little trial or learning by fire. Uh, for the residents, but um, a little dangerous for patient care to have the people with the least experience in the department, probably in one of the most high stakes uh, areas of the department. So I think with our ED, the way our ED radiology group is set up now, uh, we always have a resident on, you know, twenty four seven, and we make sure to give the resident the opportunity to look at the scans, make decisions for, for themselves, but now they're not waiting you know, eight, 10 hours uh, to have an attending look at the study. The attending is you know, right there and then can check the study immediately after the resident has, uh, has made his or her interpretation. So I think it's really an ideal way of providing frontline you know, uh, clinical experience for the residents, but also uh, making sure that it's safe and patients are getting you know, high quality attending reads to make a final decision uh, before, before somebody uh, makes a clinical decision about how to treat them. Uh, the, yeah. the, other, the other advantage of having the larger department now is I think we've greatly improved. I know we've greatly improved uh, the didactic uh, lectures for, for our residents. Uh, we now have a, a standard lecture curriculum that repeats every two years. So uh, in the four years of residency, we're making sure that people you know, hear a lecture at least twice. And I think when you hear a lecture for the first time, you'll get certain things out of it as a first or second year. But then third or fourth year, when you hear it again, I think it's a very different experience. And uh, that combination really Introduces the topic and then reinforces the topic over uh, over the four years.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's uh, I think that's all. That is great information for all our listeners. And I think you've just highlighted uh, for us some of the benefits of having such growth in the department, both clinically and educationally. As you as you say, I think our residents, my personal opinions, that our residents um, have. The advantages of working and training in a highly high volume, highly active, busy, busy department so to, to get to get the hands on experience, but as well as getting the didactic experience because we have a full complement now of um, faculty with all subspecialty knowledge who can teach in not only the Sort of workstation environment at the workstation environment, but also in the in the lecture hall. So that seg- that that segues me into our last uh, my last question here, which is um, if there are one or two or a couple of things that you really want to impart on uh, you know potential prospective future trainees uh, at UMass or uh, future faculty members who might join us. What, what would you say? What are some of the reasons why you would say, "Hey, come join us"? This is what makes us special. Uh, you should. This is why you sh- you should be considering us highly. I think, as I sort of maybe alluded to early on,
1: I think UMass is is a great place because we have all the resources that you need, but we're also willing to tailor your experience, you know, at whatever level, as a, you know, a first year resident or you know, a mid or senior career faculty member to allow you to pursue what you're interested in. I mean, the way radiology is structured now, um, you could, you can be a radiologist from, you know, pretty much anywhere, you know, and there are, you know, very nice teleradiology jobs where people, you know, can stay home and, you know, read, read, Read cases, see interesting case mix, uh, and they can also, you know, work within their specialty. And you know, if you want to do that, that's that's makes a lot of sense for some people. I think what we what we offer is, you know, a really great clinical environment, interesting case mix, you know, a nice collegial uh, group of, of coworkers and a supportive, uh, you know, hospital administration but we also give people the opportunity to pursue whatever else they're interested in. And I think for most people, you know, 80% of the job in radiology is, you know, is, is reading cases, but it's that other 20% that people really probably derive an enormous amount of satisfaction from. So at UMass, we have people who are interested in education and are able to focus on medical student education or resident education. Uh, we have people who are interested in clinical, clinical research and have a lot of interesting projects going on. And then we also have you know, some clinician scientists who are really trying to develop both their clinical career and a, a serious you know, externally funded um, research career. And we're able to accommodate, you know, that that wide range of interests within the department. And also, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we have a pretty wide range of resources, from AI resources to, you know, somewhat eclectic interest in, you know, cogn- how cognitive uh, psychology intersects uh, with radiology. Uh, a lot of work and. Quality control and process improvement, uh, and then you know device development, translational research uh, to bring those devices uh, to market, uh, and then also you know work at the chemical and molecular level uh, for people who are more interested in you know bench type research. So it's really the, the full the full gamut, but unlike larger institutions. Pretty much anybody in the department can access any of these resources, and I think that's really what sets us apart.
2: Yeah, Max, I think I want to highlight that as well. I mean, I've been been here for about twelve years, and I think that was certainly something that drew me here originally, and it's certainly something that that um, excites me and, and keeps me here is that that collegial atmosphere that you mentioned, and I think I think that's born out of you know UMass as a medical school and institution being kind of regionally and dedicated to you know the Commonwealth and many of the you know the faculty that were originally here had that you know kind of local and kind of home feel and I think that still permeates that we're you know, you know even beyond our department, you know the, the collegial atmosphere we have with our, our clinical colleagues is is persistent despite the, the, the immense growth we've had and the, the large kind of tertiary academic center that we that we've become. so um, certainly definitely want to highlight that. The other thing I, I you mentioned was you know the, the um, you know the improved, uh, Curriculum, you know, resident curriculum, and some of the, the talk about uh, you know, medical school and, and uh, our involvement there. So um, I know we're kind of up against almost a half hour here, but I'd um, love to have you back and maybe expand on some of the educational specific things that, that we're all involved with in and, and the department um, and maybe kind of expand on that if you have time to do that. Sure, I'd be delighted. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to end there. Um, Thank you again, Max. That was a great conversation, a great introduction to our department. Um, Really appreciate you coming on. Love to to talk to you some more and look forward to it. Sounds good.
1: Take care. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Max. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest. And please visit us at
0: www umassmed.edu radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.